Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. See, this is the second promise from God that sounded like an absolute impossibility. Now, we very much find ourselves in Jacob's shoes in our lives, wondering, What's going to happen to us? And God gives us a promise in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end in Jeremiah 29, 11. And sometimes we're just like Jacob and we see our future is so bleak that the promise of us having peace in our lives and not evil seems like an impossibility. You know, just this last week, someone said to me, you know, did you ever think that Scanabodies would become the company, would grow to be the company that it is? And whenever people say that, and I just think back to the days in Lakeside. <laughs> and some of you remember, that's why you're laughing. <laughs> in the winter of 1978, when we moved out there and looking over the property before we moved there, where we moved the family and the business in Lakeside, and I have an old photo, you know, I have a photograph (laughs) of Pastor Jim, and Gene, you're in that photo too, and just looking absolutely dismayed (laughs) at this property. You're gonna move here? And Jim said these words of a prophet. He said, this place is going to absorb work. That was prophetic. And I remember how we moved into our house, surrounded by 300 goats, sitting up there perched at the bottom of a thousand-foot mountain above us, all rocks, and the rain pouring down. It was a really, it was a historic rainfall, 1978. And green manure water from the goat pens above us just running into our house. (laughs) And baby goats drowning. And dead goats piled up outside the garage door, shocking the UPS driver. Rocky, still know him. I I tried to ignore him, but anyway, he remembers. And all our money invested in this alfalfa hay that was fermenting with mold because it got wet and steam rising off it and trying to cope with all these little problems and little Joseph screaming at the top of his lungs, no, no, take us back to the city away from all this dirt. <laughs> yeah, that was Scanabodies. And if you would have told me the Scanabodies would become the, uh, I would have said, no, absolute impossibility with Jacob. So Jacob's got these two promises from God that sound like absolute impossibilities. And then God explains to Jacob how this is going to happen. How's it going to happen? He gives the explanation in verse 15. And behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places where thou goest, will bring thee again to this land, I'll not leave thee until I've done that which I have spoken. See, these words, God assured Jacob that he's gonna do it. 
See how verse 15 starts? Behold. What do we say is another word for the word behold? Wow. That's it. Wow. Wow. I'm with you. I'll with you. I'm with you. See? And you notice how am is in italics? It's indicate it's not in the original. God doesn't say, I am with you. He said, I with you. That's the way it reads. I with you. That's a promise of personal presence. How wonderful is that? Personal presence. Next, he said, I will keep thee, which meant that God was going to take the responsibility to take care of Jacob. That's a promise of personal protection. Personal protection. What did this promise mean to Jacob? See, that God was going to protect Jacob from Esau, who had vowed to murder him. That God was going to protect Jacob from any beast of prey out there in the desert that God was going to protect Jacob from any thieves and robbers who watched the trade roads, that God was going to protect Jacob from the unknown, especially from his own uncle Laban. He needed protection. He would try to get just all the years that he could of free labor out of him and then send him out as an old man with nothing. That God was going to protect Jacob from what he couldn't see. See, how this promise of I will keep thee, it just removes the burden for, of the unknown. You know, outside my window, I told you I have this finch feeder, and the finch feeder has four perches, and in front of the perch is a little hole, four little holes where the food is. And so the finch has to stick his head inside the hole to get the food. And obviously, he can't see anything when he's doing that. So, boy, these finches are getting fast and sticking their heads in there because overhead, the hawks are flying, and they kill the finches. And just last night when I went out there, I saw a hawk just fly up from the bushes hiding underneath there. And I watched these finches as they land on the perch and they just look all around. They're all constantly looking. It's a very unrelaxing way to eat. I feel sorry for them. I think they're going to get indigestion. <laughs> as, they, as they quickly stick their head in the hole to get the food and immediately pull their head out as the seeds are falling off there, as they're watching for the hawks down and they're watching all around. See, those finches are always watching out for their enemies. And those finches, can, they can't relax. They're always lifting up their eyes, lifting up their eyes. That's what I see them do. They go down, they look down, and they lift up their eyes, you know, look for the hawk up there. And that's interesting because it says that we don't lift up our eyes like finches for our enemies. But in Psalm 121, 1 through 8, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord's thy keeper. The Lord's thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forever, even forevermore. So just think of Jacob on that first night out there, a long journey in front of him, no way to know what he's going to encounter along the way. He's going to an unknown country. He's going to an unknown road. He's going to an unknown people. And as far as he was concerned, it was an unknown uncle. And it's enough to scare anyone out of his mind. But for Jacob, he has this promise, the same is true for us. We look at what happened to others and we say, well, that's too bad for them, but that's not going to hit me. Does anyone know what's going to happen to them this coming year? Does anyone know? Will you die this year? Who will die this year? 
What will be the loss in the next coming year? What health catastrophe is going to happen to us? What doctor is going to say to us, I have bad news to tell you? See, how can a person keep his sanity? I mean, many, with the fear of the unknown, to put it out of their minds, they look for a bottle, some spirits, some high spirits, some drugs to get high on, some distract or some other distracting high to blot out the thought of the unknown. But Jacob had better than all that. Jacob had these promises from God. We don't know what's going to happen to us, our personal future, but we know the person who does know our personal future, and we know him, and we just grab a hold of Psalm 121, 5 through 8. The Lord's thy keeper, the Lord thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee from all evil, and he shall preserve thy soul, preserve thy going out, thy coming in, this time forth even forevermore. So the Lord says also in Deuteronomy 28, 6, blessed shalt thou be, Deuteronomy 28, 6, blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. See, when thou comest in and when thou goest out, you don't worry. He says that. Then he goes on, he says, I will bring thee. He says, I will bring thee, which meant that God was gonna be with Jacob and care for him and bring him safe and sound back to Canaan. What's that? That's a promise of personal purpose. Personal purpose. I've got a purpose in this, Jacob. You're coming back. Then he said, I will not leave thee. I will not leave thee, which meant God was not going to abandon Jacob along the way. It reminds me of these two prisoners. You know, who hasn't been watching the story of these two prisoners escaped from the Clinton prison there? And the one, the younger one, Sweat, more fit than the other who was older. And the older escapee, he couldn't keep up with the younger escapee. And so the younger one, what did he do? Abandoned him. He just left him because he was slowing him down. See, God was saying to Jacob, I'm never going to abandon you. No matter how much care you need, Jacob, I'll never say you're not worth it. You're ruining my life as God. (laughs) I'm leaving. How many people say that to their spouse? You're ruining my life. I'm leaving. God says, I'm not going to do that. I won't divorce. So that was a promise of personal permanence, personal permanence. So on that first night out there, he's all alone, and Jacob could have cried himself to sleep, sobbing, where is everyone? My brother has forsaken me. He wants to kill me. My father has forsaken me. He sent me out into this terrible desert all alone. My mother has forsaken me, saying that I alone did all that against Esau, and that I was the reason I had to leave. And just at that time of Jacob crying his heart out to God, God, you can almost hear God would reply to Jacob, yes, Jacob, everyone has forsaken you, everyone has left you alone, but I'm not like everyone else. I will not leave thee. See, God making this distinction between himself and everyone else He's done that before in Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? God's not like everyone else. Every man lies, God's not a man that he should lie. Every man says he's gonna do something and he doesn't do it. God's not my man that he should say and not do it. It reminds me of what happened seven years ago when the then governor of Baja, California came to Scanabodies in Tecate. 
Big hoopla, big day, great day. All the roads to Takati, in and out, were blocked. You couldn't go or come in. The governor was there. And the army, part of the army, not the whole army, but part of the army came to protect them with sharpshooters on the roof. And it was really something. TV stations, everybody's there. And I gave the governor a tour and explained how God saved this Jewish boy and then used him to make this company for God. And then outside in the parking lot, we constructed the stage with all, a lot of chairs, hundreds of chairs, parking lot, because our auditorium wasn't built then. And we had several hundred of our people, and they were sitting in the audience, and the governor started to make his speech, and he started to make one promise after another. It really did surprise us. The governor said, the government is going to pay a certain percentage for all the employees here to send their children to our school. Everybody applauds. (laughs) Wonderful, you know. And then he said, and the government is going to give large sums of money to this company, and he named the amount, for more equipment to expand their operations. Everybody applauds. Oh, it's wonderful. And then he said, and the government is going to lower their taxes for this company. And and especially me, I especially applauded. (laughs) I thought, wow, a great day. Wow, such promises. And he left. Well, it's been seven years. Nothing's happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. We're, what, what happened? All these thing promises, you know, we call the governor's office, you know, I don't know him. Well, God says in Numbers 23, 19, he's not like that. God says what he says he will do. And God gives the same promise of personal permanence to never leave us, which takes away the fear of what that man can do to us. That's what it says in Hebrews 13, five through six. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's our promise. The Lord's our helper. He is not gonna leave us. So how was Jacob to know that God would give him this land and the family from which all the families of the earth can be blessed. Verse 15, because of God's promises. Personal presence, I with thee. Personal protection, I will keep thee. Personal purpose, I will bring thee. Personal permanence, I will not leave thee. See, poor Jacob, you thought he was gonna die soon. All these words of personal presence, protection, purpose, permanence were all words of personal comfort. They were all extremely comforting to Jacob. Personal comfort is what the Lord would bring. As he said, he was going to do in Isaiah 61 too, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort, to comfort all that mourn. See, God's described that way. He says, he's going to comfort all that mourn. That's a description of God from 2 Corinthians 1.3. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. See, God looks at all of our personal problems and he brings us personal comfort. And he wants us to bring personal comfort to others as he describes in 2 Corinthians 1.4. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. See, that's what all these words were to Jacob. Words of personal comfort, great personal comfort. 
So when God said to Jacob that he'd be with him, we can just imagine Jacob saying, I just heard God, is, behold, God is with me, God with me. That's a wow, that's a real wow. Behold, I am with thee. You know, Jacob say, you know, I just heard God. He said he was gonna be with me. You know, God didn't just say, you know, I have a very reliable angel over here. His name is Gabriel. I, I trust him for everything. He's, I'm dispatching him. Gabriel, Jacob, stick with them. He didn't say to you. He said, wow, God said he's gonna be with me. That's the greatest comfort of all. God says he himself's gonna be with me. Wow, that's something. And we can hear Jacob say that. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said the same thing to us. In John 14, 18, John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. See, that's what I love about Wednesday night prayer meeting. Because Wednesday night prayer meeting is like a pit stop in the middle of the week. You know, the car's pretty rough. You gotta pull it off the course, you know? It's a time when we all feel, I feel, particular need for comfort. And as soon as Irene sees me, she feels a particular need for comfort. (laughs) And God never fails to comfort from his presence at that meeting. Just as he said in Matthew 18.20, Matthew 18.20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. See, Jacob's out there all alone in the middle of the desert, and he couldn't have felt more alone, far from his father's house, with no friend to keep company with him at night, no servant to take care of him, but with God's presence in verse 15, to be with Jacob, he had so much more. See, with God's presence, Jacob had more than his family in his father's house. With God's presence, Jacob had more company than any friend could have given him. With God's presence, Jacob had more care than any servant could have taken care of him. So what we see happening to Jacob in the desert when God comforted Jacob with these words is a prophecy of what's gonna happen to Israel as it says in Hosea 2.14. Hosea 2.14 says, therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. I have no idea why the translators ever use this word wilderness. It's mitbar, and mitbar means desert. I will bring her into the desert and speak comfortably unto her. That literally, al lev, lev. Al to, like al al to, lev, heart. I will speak to her heart. Whose heart? Israel's heart. It was God who brought Jacob into a desert of desolation and made Jacob ready to meet Jehovah Jesus. It will be God who will bring Israel, the Jewish people, into a desert of desolation and make the Jewish people ready to meet Jehovah Jesus. See, Jacob was forsaken by every friend, as we said. Every friend he had here on earth, he was forsaken, and that made Jacob ready to meet Jehovah Jesus. And the Jewish people, Israel, is gonna be forsaken by every friend, by every nation friend that she has on earth. As it says in Joel 3.2, Joel 3.2 says, I will, I, God speaking, I will also gather all nations and bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. I will do it, God says. Zechariah 14.2, Zechariah 14.2 says, 
I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So just as Jacob was ready in the desert of his desolation to hear the words of Jehovah Jesus, I am the Lord thy God, so Israel will be ready in the desert of desolation to hear the words of Jehovah Jesus as he says, I am the Lord God Jesus whom you crucified. As it says in Zechariah 12.2, Zechariah 12.2 says, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. See, just as Jacob, he heard God speak great words of comfort to him in the desert, So the Jewish people are gonna hear God speak great words of comfort to them in the desert of their desolation when every nation's gonna fight against them. And now we read in verse 16, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord's in the place I knew it not. See, when we read these words, Jacob awaked out of his sleep, that triggers something. Jacob awaked out of his sleep. Just capture that. I mean, we long for the day for the Jewish people when they'll awake out of their sleep. You know, oh, for the day, when the Jewish people will be like Jacob and awake out of their sleep of rejecting their God and Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to them as his own, as one of their own. See, oh, for the day when Jacob is gonna wake out of their sleep of fighting Christians, like the summer blitzers on Jewish outreach across the country, who are working so hard, so relentlessly to do what? Bring them the gospel and they've just passed their halfway mark for the 12-week campaign. I'm sure they're happy with that. And they've also passed the half-million-door mark of knocking on over 500,000 doors. And one of the group leaders, which you can read about, one of the group leaders of a girls team wrote in this week's report, are we tired? Nah. (laughs) My girls are the hardest workers ever. No matter what happens, angry cops, Jews, managers, neighbors, even getting injured, they never stop. (laughs) I'm so thankful for my group. We're so excited to see what God will do next using our lives to spread his word. Another girl on the Summer Blitz campaign wrote this, and you see this in there. So I've mastered to knock around 60 doors per day and was able to get into a gated community and watch my partner struggle to climb out of the gate because they wanted to lock her in. (laughs) ran away from a black car who ended up recording us and describing us to the cops, having the police park and follow us around the neighborhood while we tried running away. Oh, and my sandwich melted in my backpack. (laughs) And I've come home only to realize that I've gotten around 15 mosquito bites while using repellent. Talk about off spray, more like on spray. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook 
And you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor, that's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. You're invited to Christmas Under the Stars at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, Saturday, December 12th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Activities for the entire family, including a live nativity, caroling candlelit museum tours, ornament making, cookie decorating, star exploration, and a special Star of Bethlehem message by guest Paul Taylor. Join us for this family-free Christmas event at the Creation Museum, 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org. Looking for an exciting career in the medical field or biotech industry? Join Scanabody's Biologics, founded by a Christian businessman, Tom Cantor. It's a premier company dedicated to advancing patient care and serving the community of San Diego. Scanabody's has global operations and over 700 employees and growing. And if you have a heart for people and a desire to join a leading biotech company, call us 619-258-9300, 619-258-9300, scanabodies.com, that's scanabodies.com.